You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've tuned in. So we got to see half the Democratic candidates for president in their first debate last night, and we're going to see the other half tonight. It is, of course, very, very early. It's about 450 days from the 2020 election, and the issues are just now beginning to come into focus. But The new debates mean the campaign is real now, and the comparisons between candidates, their stances, and everything about how they present their ideas have only begun. We want to start unpacking all of this with a really strong panel of familiar faces. Uh, I've got Nancy Kaffer, who is a Detroit Free Press columnist with us. Nancy, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. Greg Bowens is a political and communications consultant. He is also with us. Greg, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. And Brandon Bryce, an independent political consultant. Welcome to Thank Detroit you, Today. Thank you, Stephen. All right. So I have to say up front, um, I am not a fan of many things that mm. we saw last night. First of all, it is too early in my judgment to be doing this kind of thing. This, uh, this is part of, in, in my judgment, the uh, sort of perpetual campaign uh, campaigning that goes on that I think interferes with governance and other things. I also just think, you know, that many people on a stage uh, together trying to answer substantive questions, there's just almost no way to get it done. The other thing that really bothered me last night, and I, I'm not sure that uh, I expected this, was the number of questioners. Uh, it was almost <laughs> as if NBC was like, you're going to see everybody we have mm-hmm. on staff uh, <laughs> in, right. in this debate. and. That really, to me, took away from the candidates. I mean, I was, you know, trying to keep up with who was asking the questions, which it shouldn't really matter. Um, but of course, that's just my take on things, and the reason I have you guys here <laughs> is to hear a different uh, perspective. So let's start with your uh, sort of immediate reactions to what we saw uh, and and what we learned. Nancy, I'm going to start with you. It was like some whack version of Thunderdome. Ten candidates enter, <laughs> ten candidates leave. Um, I, I, you know, I thought I thought Elizabeth Warren did great, but she didn't have to do as much as everyone else. She just had to not mess up. Um, I thought Julian Castro was surprisingly compelling, as you may recall. Now, Stephen. why do you say surprising? Well, because he hadn't really been a, been um, hugely visible before this. Now, as you may recall, I I had liked him back in sixteen. I thought he should be Hillary's vice president pick. Um, I thought he could have brought a lot to the ticket, and yeah. so I've been a, I've been a Castro uh, fan for I a while. I am also a big fan of Julian Castro, and Castro. yeah, surprising because he just hasn't had a very high profile coming into the debate, and I thought he really staked out some territory for himself. Though I don't know whether that's going to change the equation long term in yeah. the primary cycle. Yeah, I think he's he's significantly behind, and you know, you never know whether <laughs> a a good performance at one of these debates actually registers in the ways that it needs to for someone to move up uh, in the polls. Uh, but but we'll see. All right, Greg, what did you think? Oh, man, I absolutely loved it. Oh, I you tell did. you. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was sitting there and, you know, I mean, I, I loved it because you had so many voices and it sort of showed uh, uh, the, the, the diversity in the Democratic Party, first of all, from the number of women that were involved, the people of color that were involved. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. It showed a great range of talent from people who used to be in Congress to governors to senators. I thought that was amazing and mayors. And then, you know, I would get these little nuggets every now and then that would connect (laughs) to me. Not enough to make me go to the website 
you know, and said, find out more about about these candidates. And I asked people about that. Nobody did that either. But you'd have like Bill de Blasio saying, hey, I'm raising a I'm raising a black kid. and I have to have some serious conversations with him about how to deal with police and navigate society. It's a white dude speaking my language about an experience as an African-American father that we all have to have. Yeah. Now, most people, white folks don't have to have that discussion about how to deal with police. But Not they with should. their kids, right? Right, but they but they need to because white kids get shot too. Yeah. But you know, and so it was that kind of thing. And then you have, and then having Elizabeth Warren who was saying, uh, you know, look, we need to have a different conversation, a more real conversation about the struggles that we're having as Americans. And she just breaks it down. And so I love that. Castro, I was like, no, not really, you know. You weren't feeling I him, wasn't huh? really feeling him. He was kind of mean. He was kind of, you know, <laughs> pompous about his stuff. And, I mean, that was the vibe that I was getting. But you know what? The thing about it is is that this was just a nice little peek yeah. into who the candidates are. And, and some people who are, like, just the invisible man. Who was the guy way down there at the right? Well, the there were lots dude. of people. There were lots of people like, who's who that I guy? did not recognize, and and I thought <laughs> yeah. uh, if we don't recognize them, that's yeah, a problem, and, right? <laughs> and I actually thought NBC didn't do a great job of reminding of you. reminding you who they were. There were people yeah. speaking a lot of times uh, who who are not uh, uh, favorites or, or or people who are very familiar, and their their names were not in the lower third. And I mm-hmm. kept thinking, well, I I actually don't know who that and, is. And between De Blasio, Inslee, and Tim Ryan, and uh, there was it seems that there was another guy that were all kind of vaguely similar. Yeah, yeah. John yeah, they, Delaney. This, they all kind of uh, they all look alike. No, I mean it was a it was all a, white people look alike, right? Nancy, <laughs> like, is that what you're trying to say? It's true, we do. Boring white dudes. <laughs> I, yeah, it it, t- it took me a minute to figure out which one of them was when someone would say governor or mayor. It was yeah. like all oh, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, uh, Brandon, what did you think? You know, it reminded me of when uh, I ran for school board and there were 72 people and how we all had to I play, remember we that. all had to play double dutch just to get a word in. You know, you know what was really interesting about last night is those that I thought would have done well did not. Oh, really? And those that I didn't really expect a lot from did extremely well. I can tell you the winners and losers. Uh, I think Elizabeth Warren probably stuck out as being the one who uh, came off as being the most confident and the most uh, conscious of uh, being prepared for that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who surprised me, oh, Julian Castro, I'm not a big fan, but he did well. Mm. Uh, the people who shocked me, I don't think Cory Booker did well last night. Oh, you don't? What, for what reason? I, you know, I thought it was a bunch of sound bites, and I didn't, I didn't get the Cory Booker that I knew uh, when he was mayor of Newark. I didn't get that fiery Cory Booker. I got a very mm-hmm. timid Cory Booker. The other one was Beto O'Rourke. Wait, wait, wait. That we was timid? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. The other one is is Beto O'Rourke shocked me. He did not do well last night. The Spanish didn't win you over? Well, well, well it wasn't just the Spanish, but I think when we start getting into the, the more serious topics about immigration, about Iran, he did not really convince me uh, that he was really as versed, well-versed on the issues as the other candidates. Uh, the other thing is, I think, you know, if you're going to change – uh, the panel of moderators, you know, they they had uh, uh, Lester Holt. Yeah. Then they had two folks I've never seen before in my life. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. then an hour into the program, they come back with Chuck Todd. Chuck and Todd. I'm thinking, why weren't Chuck Todd and uh, who's the the anchor? The, Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow. Why weren't they at the beginning of I the program? I, I, I didn't understand. And then yeah. and then maybe it's Russia. Maybe it's not. But then you had two sections where. 
The lights just went out. And I said, wait a minute. I mean, I mean, so to me, it was rushed. I agree with some something one of my colleagues said earlier. I think it's still a little too early yeah. to be doing this. I think uh, it's terrible. I think it's too well, early. No, when, no, when, no, one of, when one of your big questions is, what's your plan to deal with Mitch McConnell? You are not talking to the average voter. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, and it, 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 that's the other thing. Two points I think are really important mm. here. Last night should not have been more an, an, an introduction to America. Mm-hmm. It really should have been more of an introduction to the base, the Democratic well, that's base. That's an interesting right. point. And right. who, because we're the ones, those are the people that are going to be voting in the Democratic primaries, mm-hmm. right? And so who really appealed to that? Uh, base, I think the best was probably Elizabeth Warren. Uh-huh. Beto was busy trying to appeal to a broader audience, I think. And Castro, I don't know. I mean, he's uh, just. I'm, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm, what I'm, you're... I'm, I'm, I'm done with Beto. I, I mean, his, his <laughs> whole. I mean, you know, I know this is this point has been made a thousand times by other people, but his whole vision quest is, you know, um, mm. I help my wife raise our children. I'm going to go off on this Kerouac type road trip and leave my wife at home to do all. The, it's just it's not a good look for That's someone helping, who's getting out of the way for someone who's under ninety. It's not a good yeah. look. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I mean, I and, and here's a real here's a reality, Stephen. <laughs> you know, a lot of those candidates. I thought back. I remember saying to myself when I was watching it, you know, maybe running for president is not for you right now. Maybe you need to That's run for the Senate. Point, right? Maybe you well, need to run for governor. And, and this is a point we've 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 talked about this again yeah. and again um, on our page and here in the studio when we see people um, who who their first crack is at the top job. It's yeah. like you don't yeah. roll into General Motors and say, "I'm here to be your CEO." I'm here to run the place. Exactly. Build up a little Donald experience. Trump did. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and look at where that's, that's got us. Exactly. It's not really working for Tell us. Tell Mary Barra, you know, save yeah. me a seat. You well, know? but you know. You know what? Because of the Russian interference in our election this last time around and the confidence that people lost, I think, in the elections, mm-hmm. we need to have a very broad field, a wide field of people out there to hear these voices, to show that democracy is still alive mm-hmm. and well and kicking. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the I think does, that's does, important. Does anyone else feel like Elizabeth Warren had a plan for last night and like that it all went according to plan? Like did, she's got ticky boxes. That's called preparation. Like, yeah, that's, that's what happens when you prepare. By far the most prepared. Well, I, you know, one thing that and really she wasn't screechy. One like, of the things that really, um, when when they were asking everybody about bringing back manufacturing jobs, and right. Tim Ryan or whoever was like, "Yeah, sure, we can bring back coal jobs." He didn't say coal jobs. I mean, whatever he he's right. talking the about equivalent. bringing back jobs that are not coming back. And sure. Elizabeth Warren laid out a forward-looking vision for how we can actually add. I think she said 1.2 million jobs in green technology. Yeah. Because um, it's and she had figures for a bajillion dollar industry. It's going to be that's really. Thoughtful thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, thoughtful thinking, um, and I. But I don't know how much that's going to resonate with voters because it's not glamorous. It's yeah, just it's a, not catchy or, mm-hmm. uh, or I mean, entertaining. It's, it's just, hard but, to envision but, but it was, building windmills. It, it was it was an incredible amount of right. depth to bring mm-hmm. to that format exactly. and a like, realistic uh, path forward sure. to bringing back jobs that that we've lost. Not pie in the sky or like yeah, we'll bring back your job and I hope you enjoy the black lung you get in the coal mine. Right. But but here is how we can. We can move forward and also provide jobs, which well, is not said, hearing from anyone said, else. She said point. we can own this industry. That was, I think, like the biggest point. It's yeah. like we could be number one in this industry, mm-hmm. you know, where the world is trying to turn to green energy and we could take the lead in this and we can own this. And, you know, I was like, you, okay, you, 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 know, you know, you know, see, the one thing that I, I, I did notice about this field, and I think there's only two governors uh, in this field, I believe uh, one from Wyoming, one from Montana. One from uh, the governor of Washington. Washington, Washington. Washington. Thank you. Thank Obviously you. made Thank a you. big impression. Washington. On <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But but here's the other thing: is 
what's interesting about this, Phil, we forget the presidency uh, is an executive position. Sure. But you have 24 candidates and only three can actually say they have controlled a budget. So what's going to be interesting? I'm surprised some of the questions weren't. So you don't count. You don't count De Blasio as mayor. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Four, 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 Castro? four. Yeah, no, get, get. And Castro ran. I'm careful with secretaries, but but no, no. Any mayor or governor yeah. has to control or manage a budget. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and, and I was surprised. And and, and, and maybe as we see throughout the 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 campaign. Uh, when it starts gets in, getting into those hard budgetary questions of what would you do or decision making, that's gonna that's gonna really weed out quite a few of those yeah. folks. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's mm-hmm. interesting. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna continue our recap of last night's Democratic mm-hmm. debate, uh, and we want to hear from you. What did you think of the candidates that you saw on stage? What did you think of the questions they were asked and the answers they gave? What do you think about starting all of this craziness so early in the process? Are you gonna pay attention? For the next 14 or 15 months to all of this, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We're talking about last night's Democratic debate, the first Democratic debate of the 2020 election season. Uh, we saw half the candidates on stage last night in Miami. We're going to see the other half tonight. We want to know what you think about how they did last night, about the questions they were asked and the answers they gave. What are you thinking about as you're watching uh, these uh, candidates compete for the nomination and ultimately the presidency? What are the issues that you think are most important for them to talk about and what are you expecting them to say? As always, we want to hear from you on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. I've got three people, three experts, I should say, in the studio with me dissecting last night's debate. Nancy Kaffer is a Detroit Free Press columnist. Greg Bowens is a political and communications consultant. And Brandon Bryce is an independent political consultant. Uh, before we uh, get back into it, I want to play a short clip of uh, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio from last night. Uh, we need to credit NBC, of course, uh, who broadcast uh, the debate. Greatest geopolitical threat to the United States right now, Congressman Delaney? Well, the biggest uh, geopolitical challenge is China, but the okay. biggest geopolitical threat yes. remains nuclear weapons. Okay. Right? So those are, di- you know, those I got are different you. questions. Totally get it. Go ahead, Governor Inslee. The biggest threat to the security of the United States is Donald Trump. And there's no question. Okay. Congresswoman Gabbard. The greatest. Greatest geopolitical threat. The greatest threat that we face is the fact that we are at a greater risk of nuclear war today than ever before in history. Congre- Congre- uh, Senator Two threats, economic threat, China, but our, our major threat right now is what's going on in the Mideast with Iran if we don't get okay. our Try to keep it at one. Or, or slimmer than what we've been going here. One or two our, words. Our existential threat is climate change. We have to confront it before it's too late. Senator Warner. <laughs> Climate change. Yeah, Senator Booker. Nuclear proliferation and climate change. Secretary uh, Castro. 
Say, uh, China and climate change. Yeah, Congressman Ryan. China, without a question, they're wiping us around the world economically. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Mayor. Russia, because they're trying to undermine our democracy, and they've been doing a pretty damn good job of it, and we need to stop them. All right, well. Okay, so I said that was a clip of uh, Bill de Blasio, <laughs> and it was all, uh, all of the candidates ask, answering that question about the biggest threat. I, 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 I like that clip uh, because I think it shows the, the kind of um, uh, chaotic mm-hmm. sort of dynamic that there was on the stage last time. I mean, you're not really getting a whole lot uh, when, you, when you have that many people and when you're asking those kinds of questions. I mean, I, I think if you were a voter who was really – not familiar with a lot of the people on the stage. I said, you just didn't get enough. Mm. Uh, and, and you know, why do you think China is the greatest threat? threat? Why do you think China is a bigger threat than Iran, for instance? I mean, you never get the opportunity to hear that kind of thing in, in this format. Stephen, I think last night you had the political answer and then you had the real answer. Um, if I had to guess, you know, first of all, I'm surprised the first person didn't say Donald Trump was the biggest uh, threat to him. It was the second person. So, so that's interesting. And then I also thought that it was interesting that the mayor of New York, the last person mentioned Russia with all the things you got going now. Hmm. Uh, but once again, I think it goes back to, there's the political answer, which is anything Trump, Trump, Trump. And then you have the, uh, the real answer, which yeah, China and Iran are big issues right now, but then it's okay. It's one thing to say, well, what is the threat? And then why? Why? And why? what would you do? And can you articulate it in a way that well, makes you sound presidential? I, I, I have to say, climate change. Anyone who said climate change is dead on because the rest of it. I mean, the rest it, of it is the climate change. If is you the don't fix game. that, right? Yeah. yeah. The rest of it's just moving shells around unless you fix climate change. I can't remember in the clip who said climate change. Warren, I think Corey, Corey Beto Beto Klobuchar. Beto said did it. Klobuchar mention yeah, it? Klobuchar she mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, she, she mentioned did. it. She did. Uh, yeah, Beto said it. Castro, I think. That was the second one, or something. Like yeah, that. there, there yeah. were a handful of people who said yeah. it. It's, you know, it's 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 not as um, it's it's, and this is the reason why it. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why it's such a big threat is it's mm-hmm. not as compelling as this, you know, looming thing with Iran or China or or any of these more pressing things that seem like they're going to Russia in the election that's going to develop into a shooting war, or the theft of democracy, and and but that's a persistent issue with why we're not really addressing but, climate but change. But Nancy, do, do, well, do the majority of Americans honestly do they actually can they connect? climate change as being the number one issue in America right now. Well, I don't think they can, but I think that's part of what what we ask leaders to do. Part of leadership. Well, the question wasn't what was the number one issue in America. The question was what was the the greatest geopolitical threat. threat. So that means, like, what is the greatest threat to the survival of the world? What is the greatest threat to world order? What is the greatest threat that we face as a planet Mm -hmm. of nations? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's a lot bigger. And I think that I, I just want to make this one point, mm-hmm. and that is simply that uh, you're right that you didn't have that follow-up, but being able to identify the threat correctly mm-hmm. is the first step in being mm-hmm. able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are lots of geopolitical threats out there, and the ones that there are the most immediate are the ones that may most immediately kill us. You know, so climate change, yep, is out there and we're suffering <laughs> say, from else would you the weather, <laughs> but a nuclear bomb, that's right, that's right. <laughs> you know, has the ability to kill us sure. today, yeah. right affects, now. That affects the climate, though, right? Yeah, there will be a serious, serious change in the climate. Let's get some callers in here. Uh, and again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Jesse in Hazel Park, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Hey. 
I love this. This is inside baseball for political stuff. <laughs> this is the future, man. The party is no longer a machine, okay? We get to pick the person for real. Like, you know, and the people watching have to be, de- I mean, to vote for the, in the preliminary, in the Democratic primary. Yeah. You got to be a registered Democrat. So, you, people watching, this was for a specific niche audience sure. people who are following this all year long like myself so, i loved it i loved it so jesse um, tell me tell me uh tell me more specifically what you loved. who did you love uh that you saw on stage last night okay well i love the whole format because i want to see everybody oh, you did but okay. then all these dynamics are happening like cory booker who you know, I hear he's this presidential candidate, but when I listened to him last night, he is actually, I think, positioning himself for vice president because he oh. kept pounding on the people of color vote, okay? Now, that's huge because oh. Joe Biden is counting on that because he was um, Obama's VP, sure. right? Yeah. Well, Cory Booker may steal that from him, plus... You know, if he becomes a vice president, he'll future be president. So mm. that was so interesting. Well, that's interesting. Ca- Castro, I love yeah. the man. Mm-hmm. He's just out there, slap down Beto, which Beto <laughs> needs to be slapped <laughs> sure. down. Amen. Sure, sure. <laughs> He's just a handsome face, and that is it. <laughs> and then Castro goes out there, and you can do this because there's like 10 people. So you can go out on a limb like Castro did. He says, you know what? I support abortion, and I support trans men who need abortion. Who says that? I was applauding him. Like, that was risky. That is a progressive liberal who never gets on the stage. I loved it. Jesse, I really appreciate the call uh, and your comments. And you obviously watched every minute. <laughs> <laughs> paid and paid a lot of attention. No bathroom breaks. Uh, right? <laughs> you did not miss a thing. Um, uh, I, 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 we had a caller who did, couldn't uh, stay on the line, but she wants us to talk about how Klobuchar did. And, and I think that's an interesting question. I mean, this is somebody who several months ago, I think, was thought of as somebody who would be a very powerful influence in uh, the Democratic primary kind of had taken some hard hits. Uh, uh, what did we think of what she did last night on the stage? No juice. No, no juice, No really? juice. See, she didn't move me. Uh, the person, aside from Elizabeth Warren, that really intrigued me on her military presence was uh, Gibbert. Uh, Gabbard. Gabbard. Gabbard, Gabbard, yeah. out of Hawaii. I th- you know she had the rogue thing going mm-hmm. on, so I'm a big X Men fan. But <laughs> but no no but but she in, really in, did. But, huh? She did. But but but, but 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 in listening to her, I said this woman is right on when it comes to military affairs, which you don't really see often from a woman's perspective. And so I said, no, unless we remember, the president is the commander in chief of the military, and some yeah. of her some of her responses were right on when it came to the the future and how we use our military services hmm. and forces. Yeah. Hmm. I thought, um, so Amy Klobuchar is her whole thing is I'm going to be the more centrist Democrat, Mm -hmm. the more, the more middle ground candidate. And I don't really. A person who can steal votes from Donald Trump, perhaps. I I don't know that I understand that strategy because I feel like that's the territory Joe Biden is going to occupy very, very Mm. fully. And that in this primary, not speaking of the general, but Mm -hmm. in the primary, Mm -hmm. it's going to be more left versus centrist. And I don't know how anyone, um, tops Joe Biden on having the centrist appeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, let's let me say this. She was this is Greg. She 
Her most memorable line was, it's all foam and no beer. Yeah, no, that was a good line. <laughs> <laughs> do, people, do people say that? Is that a saying? No, I, 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 I guess it's a saying like, in like, that's where a are you from, a Minnesota? Minnesota thing. That's a Minnesota <laughs> kind of like thing. All hat and no cattle, right? Right. Yeah. Same, yeah. Do same concept. That? <laughs> that's a Wyoming people thing. But, I mean, so, so, I mean, I, it, it, it was, it was I, I was hoping that she would have a lot more stage mm-hmm. presence mm-hmm. that night than she did. It's hard, I know, when you're with 10 people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a woman can be unfairly judged on everything from mm-hmm. their appearance and their hair color and all that. You just made the crack about, you know, the lady's hair from Hawaii looking like Storm. You know. Rogue. Rogue, man. Rogue, Come sorry. on, man. Get it right. No. With the gray streak. And that, that, was, that was catching. You know, when we're looking at these candidates, part of what we're looking at is not just somebody that, you know, that appeals to it, but also represents strength that mm-hmm. we can see he or her in mm-hmm. charge, you know, of okay. the country. Can I share something totally petty? Sure. I was thinking, man, Julian Castro and Elizabeth Warren are tiny. But then I Googled them. They're both. She's five eight. I didn't yeah. Google him. Everyone else was a giant. Was, it's very yeah. like tall. Bill De Blasio, six yeah. foot five. Yeah. Right, Elizabeth right. Warren That's is right. quite tall. It's yeah. just she uh, looked smaller. On I, the I don't stage. know that I've she ever did. seen no. a taller crop of candidates. Yeah. There's my petty. Which well, you know what? Which, Cory actually, Booker, which actually Cory does Booker. matter in American politics. Well, yeah, and Cory Booker for for a tall black man who's bald, right. you know, <laughs> looks like the Incredible Shrinking <laughs> Man now compared to when he was mayor. He was buffed. He was you know glowing, but up there. It looked like yeah. he had on too much powder. Well, he looked kind of pale. It looked like he was turning, doing the Michael but Jackson on, on the, thing. On you know, the like he's divide, getting lighter. On the gender divide, nobody's ever going to say Corey's having a bad hair night. No. Like women, nah. have to, women have to worry <laughs> about, <laughs> this. about that. So, so we've only got about, like three minutes left. I want us to talk about health care uh, mm-hmm. and, and what candidates said and who we think uh, best represents that mm-hmm. sort of, uh, I mean, this is a core Democratic issue. And you're speaking to Democratic voters. Who hit it over the fence uh, last night? And again, we only got about uh, three minutes left. Really quick, I think I, I liked Elizabeth Warren's uh, response, but I think Corey really probably had the strongest response because he tied it to African Americans and, and and people of color not having access. Still not having access. still not having access. And I thought to me, he had the most poignant point uh, when we talk about health care reform and coverage for those who don't have it or don't have access to it in the, in America. Nancy. Um, I have a lot of questions about how we would actually implement a Medicare for all system mm-hmm. in a country with a built out health care complex. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Britain post-World War II right. where you're building out the modern health care system scratch, right, at right. the same time as a nationalized system. But I have to say, of the people who support Medicare for all, I am most inclined to believe that Elizabeth Warren has a plan mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to say this is the question that put the final nail in the coffin for Beto. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, because he was, you know, he was trying to walk the line on, well, we don't want to take people's private insurance away because, you know, they may like it and this, that and the other. When the reality is, is that most people are complaining about their private insurance, that it sucks. It doesn't cover enough and their premiums are too high. And he's like, you know, well, we'll just keep that. And uh, meanwhile, still doesn't work for a lot. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's and that's when Mr. Castro was able to beat him up pretty good about that. Like, why are you defending the system that doesn't work? Greg, Greg, but but Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, I think, is the one that really knocked this question mm. out the park. And she gives me confidence because she says that we have to basically tear down this system. You know, let's stop screwing around with the margins and on making sure over. that... Because who practice, thinks Medicare is gr- is a great system? Well, my gra- but, but, my but, grandmother but, 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 was on that. It sucks. Greg, 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 got about 30 Greg, seconds Greg, left. Real, so real, real, real quick. Beto actually, in, in that minute, I thought 
he wasn't speaking as the Democratic candidate. He was thinking about his Texas base. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at the fact that Texas is very unlikely on this issue than many other states throughout America when it comes to uh, having okay, quickly, private, private health care coverage. Quickly ahead, before we have to uh, yeah. end, one word answer. Who are you looking forward sure. to seeing tonight? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a one word answer, <laughs> Greg. Harris. Harris. Boudigan. That's 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 who I'm looking for. All right. right. All right. Uh, Nancy Kaffer, Greg Bowens, Brandon Bryce. Thanks for being here with us on Detroit Today. That's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.